technical difficulties. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. Amen. The Bible says, Isaiah 53, 5, We are healed by His stripes. Amen. Next slide has a verse there. With the right. I got to multitasking back there. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His stripes, we are healed. Amen. I believe that means more than physical healing. That means emotional healing. And uh, the most important, spiritual healing and restoration. Because when we sin and we're born into sin, we're separated from God. Sin separates us from God. And His blood brings us back to Him. And so He wants to heal us. Not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about um, an individual named uh, Smith Wigglesworth. You may have heard of him before. Smith Wigglesworth. This, he has uh, plenty of quotes online, but this one is, Dare to believe, then command. In other words, believe in God's Word, and then command it to happen, just as Jesus did when He was in the flesh. Amen. To speak the will of God and command things to happen. And it takes faith. Amen. And we're all on a bit of a faith journey together. I wish I could stand here tonight and say, come to me, I have all the answers. But I don't even come close to having all the answers. We're all learning together. And uh, as I said, one of the areas I believe the Lord is stretching us as a church in our faith is this area of healing. And obviously sometimes we stumble in our faith a little bit because not everyone is healed every time we pray for them. Right? And so we question things and we wonder. But I believe the Lord is wanting us to get to a place where we are walking in more authority in the area of healing. I still don't believe that every single person is going to be healed. I don't believe you can walk into a hospital, walk into every room and just pray over every single person and have every single one walk out healed. So there's a balance somewhere. But I do believe the Lord wants us to increase in our authority and understanding of what we have in prayer. And sometimes we're lacking in that. But there's that supernatural element that God makes up the difference. So the key to it all, as with everything in the kingdom of God, is surrender to the Spirit of God. This isn't something we produce in the flesh, uh, our own ability. This is something that only God can do in us. So when, when we want to be used by God, we go to Him in prayer and we go to His Word. And... Uh, I like to illustrate in the beginning tonight some of uh, Smith Wigglesworth's beginnings because it gives me hope because he expresses his challenges. Someone that was used uh, mightily had a lot of challenges just as we all do. And where he learned about healing was in the home. He prayed for his two children 
and they were immediately healed one day, and this helped them to understand the healing power of God. The best place to practice praying for healing is in your own home. It's a good place to start. Praying over your children, praying over your spouse, praying that God would heal them in Jesus' name, and you'd be surprised, maybe, how often it happens. Uh, many, many times in, in, uh, since Roxy and I have been married, I have prayed for her, or she's prayed for me, and God has brought instant healing. God can and will honor our prayers for our family. It doesn't have to be in a church. Because God's Spirit is in us, and we are the church, right? So if you want to begin exercising healing, start at home. And it's a little easier to have faith because your family won't be mad at you if it doesn't happen, right? (laughs) Or you you don't have to feel like they're going to be upset at you for praying for them. Sometimes it can be a little more unnerving in public or even in church. So he began in his home, and uh, he saw the Lord heal his children, and it gave him faith. And he began to have compassion for the sick and the needy people, and he would bring them to healing services. And one day, uh, this group that had, he had been bringing them said, we need you to go and hold a healing service. And he said, me? <laughs> I can't do a healing service. And he went around and tried to ask several other people to speak for him. And no one would speak. So he finally was the last one, and he was the only one. So um, he began to speak, and about 15 people came forward for healing. One of these was a man from Scotland who hobbled on a pair of crutches. He said, I prayed for him, and he was instantly healed. He said, there was no one as surprised as I was. That's encouraging to me. <laughs> that he, he was more surprised than anybody that his prayer was answered, right? He said he was jumping all over the place without his crutches. And this encouraged others to believe for their healing. And all the people that came forward were healed. He said, I'm sure it was not my faith. But it was God in his compassion coming to help me in that hour of need. And he went on to hold some more meetings. And uh, another early test that came to him that was humorous to me was, he said one day he had a, a good devoted brother come to his house, very downcast, and said, I just had two doctors at my house, and they said my wife's not going to live long, and I just can't believe God for her healing. And he left brokenhearted. So Smith Wigglesworth went to a friend's house and asked him, Uh, Would you mind going and praying with me? And the man said, Nope, I won't go. Please don't ask me again. But I believe the Lord will go with you and he will heal. He said, I believe the Lord was encouraging me through that person. So then he said he found a man whose name was Nicholas. And I like how he describes Nicholas. He said, if he got the opportunity to pray, he would pray all around the world three times and then come back. This was someone who loved to pray and he said yes I'll be very glad and for the mile and a half they walked they prayed the whole way and when they got to the house he began to pray and he began to say how much 
He had never seen someone suffer so much as this. He cried out to the Lord to to help this man when his wife passed away and all these things about this lady dying and basically praying that God will help them as she dies. And he said, Lord, stop this man, please. (laughs) I want some faith around here. So he stopped and then he asked the husband to pray and the the prayer of the husband was, Lord, help me when my wife dies to have strength. And he said, this is not the prayers I want, Lord. So finally... He said, I didn't know any better. He said, I had a bottle of oil and I poured the whole contents of oil on this lady. And he said, as I stood there and looked over her body at the foot of the bed, an image of Jesus Christ appeared. And he just smiled at me. And a few moments later, the lady was raised up, divinely healed. He said, it wasn't their faith, obviously. But God still honored the prayer. So I just share those in the beginning to say, it's not always um, necessarily that we feel supercharged. I believe when the gift of faith is in operation and the gift of healing, we might feel a measure of faith that we could move mountains, right? Feel like we can do anything in that moment. But sometimes we need to just step out in faith anyways. And just pray, believing God and taking Him at His word. So, um, just going to share some more stories of later on. The first one I want to share is uh, one day uh, Smith Wigglesworth was being shown around a farm by the owner, a friend of his, and he commented on the beauty of it. But his friend said, "It's not what it looks like. The whole field is ruined by blight." Maybe you know what blight is, but. I didn't know what blight is. So I have a picture here of what tomato blight looks like. It's also what caused the potato famine in the 1800s, but it's a a disease that gets on the plants and it begins to brown everything and kill it. And so his crop was being overrun by blight. And Smith Wigglesworth lifted his heart to God Faith flowed. He stretched out his hand over the field in the name of Jesus. And the field was completely cleansed of all the blight. And the entire crop was saved. In fact, it was the best crop his friend had ever had from any field. So God healed the harvest. And I know this is a little off topic, but... Um, What we want to do in some of these classes is more than just uh, listen, right? So what I want us to do tonight is um, just take a moment, and we're going to pray for the crop, the harvest of souls in our city. And we won't take a long time, but just pray for a minute. I believe there is spiritual blight where there needs to be spiritual light, right? There's a disease of darkness that's um, infiltrating, And we want to pray over the field, just like Smith Wigglesworth did that day, that it will be healed of this disease and people will be fruitful and healthy and whole. So let's just take a moment and maybe as we're praying, maybe even specific people will come to your mind because the Spirit does that. It'll give us specific people will come to your mind. Just mention their name 
and pray that God would would uh, open up their eyes to him. And so let's just pray for a moment and ask the Lord to touch the field of harvest, to touch Beaverton and the surrounding areas. Lord Jesus, we pray tonight, as Smith Wigglesworth did in that day, for our city and all the surrounding areas, for all of Washington County, Lord, for Beaverton, Aloha, Hillsborough, Cornelius, Forest Grove, North Plains, West Slope, Tigard, Tualatin, Tannisborn. Lord, we pray for all these surrounding areas tonight. We stretch out our hands and we pray in faith that you'll heal this harvest, that you'll bring the light of the gospel to people. And just as you healed those crops, Lord, and just you'll heal people's minds and you'll heal their hearts and you'll heal their spirits, you'll heal their souls, Lord. So they're not going around depressed. They're not going around uh, feeling down and upset. They're not going around carrying this abuse that they've encountered. But they're going around with joy and with peace. They're going around comforted through the power of your Spirit, Lord. And even in our church, Jesus, we know that we are still in the flesh. We know that we are human. And even in our church right now, some of us are carrying some scars some of us are carrying some, some wounds that need to be dressed. Some anointment needs to be applied, Lord. And so we just pray over our church tonight that people would be restored, that people would be set free, and people would be healed through the power of the name of Jesus Christ. By your stripes we are healed, Lord. You took those stripes on your back. You endured the whipping for our sake tonight, that we could pray in your name and we could be healed of the pain and the suffering, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, God, that this would be done tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And as we go through these stories, we might stop periodically and just talk a little bit. So if you have comments, please um, feel free to share. We'll pass around the mic, but we'll just treat this kind of like a classroom on Tuesday nights. Another instance, uh, Oakland, California. Brother Maurice. He had a meeting in a large theater. And uh, there was an overflowing of people there. There was a rising tide of people getting saved in the meetings. And people were coming forward to be healed. And one of these was a man of 95 years of age. He had been suffering for three years till he got to the place where for three weeks he had been taking only liquids. He was in a terrible state. Smith Wigglesworth said, I got him to stand while I prayed for him. And he came back and with a radiant face told us that new life had come into his body. He said, I'm 95 years old. When I came into the meeting, I was full of pain from cancer of the stomach. I've been so healed that I've been eating perfectly and have no pain. And many of the people were healed in a similar way. Amen. 95 years of, old, of age with a stomach cancer where he could only take liquids and he was healed completely. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Amen. 
And I, I'm not saying again, as we go through this, that I have all the answers, and I don't know why. Sometimes people get healed, sometimes they don't. But what I'm hoping is as we examine these things tonight, these testimonies, there will be some faith rise up in us because this was not just for back then, right? This is for today. And if we will yield ourselves and we will have faith, God will use us. I believe it. Uh, he goes on in another account and he says, How many of us believe the word? It is easy to quote it, but it's more important to believe it. He said, It's easy for me to say, Now we are the sons of God. But it's more important to know whether I am the Son of God. When the Son of Man was on earth, the Son of God, Jesus, the flesh, was recognized by the people who heard him. Never a man spoke like him. His word was with power, and his word came to pass. And the reason we know that is, uh, is because he had perfect understanding, and he spoke according to the will of God, right? That's why it came to pass. So if we learn to speak the will of God, we can expect it to come to pass. He said, sometimes you have quoted, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Anybody ever quoted that before? I have. But he challenges if we actually believe it. He says, but is it so? Can demons remain in your presence? You have to be greater than demons. Can disease lodge in the body that you touch? You have to be greater than the disease. Can anything in the world stand against you and hold its place? If it is a fact that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Dare we stand on the line with the word of God and face the facts of the difficulties before us? Challenging question, right? Do we really believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? He said, I can never forget the face of a man that came to me one time. His clothes hung from him. His whole frame was shriveled. His eyes were glaring and glassy. His jawbone stuck out. His whole being was a manifestation of death. He said to me, can you help me? Could I help him? Just as we believe the word of God, we can help anybody. But we must be sure we are on the word of God. If we are on the word of God, it must take place. Some of this is going to stretch our thinking a little bit, okay? Our faith. I looked at him and I told him I had never seen anybody alive that looked like him. I said, what is it? He answered with a very breathy voice, I have a cancer on my chest. I was operated on in removing the cancer. They removed my swallower. There's probably a more technical term that Ryan may or may not know, but he didn't know what it was called. He just said they removed my swallower. So now I can breathe, but I cannot swallow. He pulled out a tube about nine inches long with a cup at the top and an opening at the bottom to go into a hole. He showed me that he pressed one part of that into his stomach and poured liquid into the top. Could I help him? See what the word of God says. Whosoever 
shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says he saith shall come to pass, he shall have what he said. Mark eleven twenty three. God wants us to move on scriptural lines. And so I said, You shall have a good supper tonight. But he said, I cannot swallow. <laughs> I said, You shall have a good supper tonight. He said, But I cannot swallow. I said, You shall have a good supper. Now go and eat. So when he got home, he told his wife, the preacher told him he was going to have a good supper. He said, if you'll get something ready, I'll see if I can swallow. His wife got a good supper ready and took a mouth, he took a mouthful. He had mouthfuls before, but they would not go down. But the word of God said whatsoever. And this mouthful went down. And more and more and more went down until he was full up. Then what happened? He went to bed with joy of the knowledge that he could again swallow, and he wakened the next morning with the same joy. He looked for a hole in his stomach, but God had shut that up when he opened the other. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the Word. You are begotten of the Word. The Word is in you. The life of the Son is in you, and God wants you to believe. That's challenging, right? But it's true, the, the life of the Son is the Spirit, and what do we have in us? The Spirit. And the Word of God, if we will stand on it, will work. I'm just telling you what Smith Wigglesworth said, and it worked, right? It worked. Command, or believe in command. He said, I was taken to a beautiful nine-year-old boy who was lying on a bed. Anytime children are sick, it, it always makes me have a hard time with it. He said, the mother and the father were distracted because he'd been lying there for months. They had to lift him and feed him. He was like a statue. As soon as I entered the place, here's again where the supernatural element comes in. I entered the place... The Lord revealed to me the cause of the trouble. So I said to the mother, The Lord shows me there's something wrong with his stomach. She said, Oh no, we've had two physicians and they say it's paralysis of the mind. I said, God reveals to me it is his stomach. Oh no, it isn't, she said. These physicians ought to know. They x-rayed him. So again, I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. I think it's wise uh, to, to use those things. But man doesn't always know, right? And in this case, uh, the Lord told him something different, and he had the faith to stick with it. The gentleman who brought me there said to the mother, you've sent for this man. You have the means of him coming, so why don't you Get out of the way and let him do what he needs to do. <laughs> Quit arguing with him. So he began to pray for this boy. He prayed over his stomach. Let me get to the point here. Prayed over the boy and laid my hands on his stomach. He became sick. 
and he vomited a worm 13 inches long and was perfectly restored. He says, who knows? God knows. When shall we come into the knowledge of God? When we cease from our own mind and allow ourselves to become clothed with the mind and the authority of the mighty God. The Spirit of God would have us understand there is nothing that can interfere with our coming into perfect blessing except unbelief. Unbelief is a terrible hindrance. As soon as we are willing to allow the Holy Ghost to have His way, we'll find great things will happen all the time. But oh, how much of our own human reason we have to get rid of. How much human planning we have to become divorced from. What would happen right now if everybody believed God? I love the thought that God wants to emphasize the truth that if we will only yield ourselves to the divine plan, He's right there to bring forth the mystery of truth. If we'll yield ourselves to Him, He delights in bringing forth the mystery of truth. So he had to forsake his own understanding. And he had to even ignore what someone else was saying. And be sure of what God was telling him was true. Challenging, huh? Any discussion at this point? Questions? Comments? Alright, I've got more. Just check in. All things are possible through the name of Jesus. God hath highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow. There is power to overcome everything in the world through the name of Jesus. I'm looking forward to a wonderful union through the name of Jesus. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to instill into you a sense of power, the virtue of the glory of that name. Six people went into a house of a sick man to pray for him. He was an Episcopalian vicar, and he lay in bed utterly helpless, without even strength to help himself. He had read a little tract about healing, and had heard about people praying for the sick, and he sent for his friends, who he thought could pray the prayer of faith. They anointed him according to James 5.14, but because there was no immediate manifestation of healing, he wept bitterly. And the six people walked out of the room, somewhat crestfallen to see this man lying there unchanged. Didn't seem like anything happened. And nothing did. But as they began to walk away, one man said, you know, there's one thing I wish we would have done. Let's go try it. So they went back into the room, all of them together, and the brother said, let's whisper the name of Jesus. Let's just whisper the name of Jesus. At first, when they whispered this worthy name, nothing seemed to happen, but as they continued to whisper, Jesus, 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 the power began to fall. They saw that God was beginning to work. Their faith and their joy increased. And they whispered the name louder and louder. And as they did, the man arose from his bed and dressed himself. The secret was just this. 
those six people had gotten their eyes off the sick man and they were focused on Jesus. And their faith was able to be elevated to a place where this man could be healed. Sometimes the reason why we're not seeing the results is because we're not focusing on Jesus, right? We're focusing on the problem or we're focusing on ourselves and our own faults and our own inabilities instead of just focusing on Jesus. Because the power is in Jesus, not us, right? Amen. So if six people whispering the name of Jesus changes things, amen, I believe that we can do that as well. They obviously weren't full of faith, right? (laughs) They didn't walk in there as mighty giants of faith. They just started to look to Jesus. Any discussion on that? Alright. It was 10 o'clock one night, and he was brought in to pray for a person who was dying of consumption. He said, As I looked, I saw that unless God undertook, it was impossible for her to live. I turned to the mother and said, Well, mother, you'll have to go to bed. She said, Oh, I have not been to my room in weeks. He said, you're going to have to go to bed. Your kids are going to have to go to bed. They said, we're not going to bed. He said, then goodbye. He said, because they could not remain in the room in their unbelief and there be a miracle. And actually, Jesus did that. You remember in the time he did that? He kicked people out of the room because they had unbelief. So there's this child dying. And this story, to me, illustrates that we have to have persistence and perseverance. We can't expect to just some speak a word sometimes and it come to pass. We have to have a willingness to persist. He began praying and he said, It seemed like the heavens were brass. That means those prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling, right? Anybody ever been there? I prayed from 11 until 3.30 in the morning. I saw the glimmering light on the face of the sufferer and saw her pass away. So he's been praying from 11 to 3.30 and she dies. (laughs) The devil said, now you're done for. You have come from Bradford and the girl has died on your hands. I said, it can't be. God did not send me here for nothing. This is a time to change. This is a time to keep praying. I remember that passage which said, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Death had taken place, but I knew my God was all-powerful. And he had split the Red Sea, and he's the same today. It was a time when I would have not have no for an answer, and I looked to God for my yes. He said, I looked at the window, and at that moment, again, the face of Jesus appeared, and it seemed as though a million rays of light were coming from his face. As he looked at one who had just passed away, the color came back to her face. She rolled over and fell asleep. Then I had a glorious time. In the morning she woke up early, put on a dress, went to the piano, and began to play a beautiful song. The mother and the sister and the brother all came down to listen. The Lord had undertaken a miracle had come to pass. He said, I'm thanking God for difficult cases. The Lord had calls us into heart union with himself. 
He wants his bride to have one heart and one spirit with him and to do what he himself loved to do. That case had to be a miracle. The lungs were gone. They were just in shreds, but the Lord restored lungs and they're working perfectly sound. Sometimes the answer is not going to come immediately. It's going to take time. And we have to be willing to press through in prayer. A final uh, story here is a person said, I slipped and fell on Broadway in San Diego in February 1921. A lot of these healings are very specific about time frame and and they leave their name and address at the end in case you have questions. It's a little late for us to ask them. But um, I don't think 1921, they're still living. But this person said they slipped and, and fell and they fractured uh, the bone at the base of their spine, their tailbone, basically. And so severely wrenched my hips and pelvic bones that I became a great sufferer. As the broken bone was not discovered and set until two months after the accident, the constant pain and irritation caused inflammation of the nervous system. And the long delay in getting the bone set made it impossible to heal, so that my condition steadily grew worse, and I was taken to the hospital. And the bone was removed about a month after it had been set. And though the wound healed rapidly, the nervous inflammation remained, and so... For many months longer, I was in constant pain and unable to get around without assistance. I was taken to the first service held by Mr. Wigglesworth. At the close of the service, all that were sick and in pain came forward for healing and were requested to rise if possible. My husband assisted me to my feet, and as those there were prayed for by the speaker, I was instantly healed. How? I do not know. I only know the great physician touched my body and I was made whole and freed from pain. After I got home, I showed how I could sit down and raise my hands above my head. When before I had taken both hands to push up my feeble body, now I could just stand up when I wanted to. I no no longer needed the straps on my bed to pull myself up by. No more use for them now. I lay down and turned over for the first time without pain. I shall never cease to praise God for healing my body through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I walked to the streetcar alone the next day and attended the next service and have been on the go ever since. Can give names of friends who can substantiate all I've written. To Jesus be all the praise and glory. Mrs. Sanders, 4051 Bayview Court, San Diego, California. (laughs) That may not be much to us, but when you can't even turn over in bed, you can't even sit up in bed, you can't do anything on your own, and then in a moment's time, after the doctors have said it's hopeless, you're perfectly healed. That's significant, right? You go from not being able to walk at all to walking free from pain and being able to get around just fine. That's no small thing. And I believe that's the kind of things that God wants to do more of through our church. He wants us to be instruments of healing on a more regular basis. Again, I'm not saying every single person is going to get healed, but God wants more people to get healed. 
And so how are they going to get healed if we don't step out in faith? People can't get saved without a preacher. And people generally don't get healed unless someone's praying with them. So we have to be able to step out in faith. Amen. Any questions or discussion? Yes, Heidi. That's a great point because uh, we pray and we believe, but God doesn't always work according to our understanding, right? Uh, he doesn't always do things the way uh, we think He should, and that's why it's best to be open to the moving of the Spirit. I mean, if someone has leprosy, because they're worried about spiders. Okay, it'll be okay. We'll pray for him. His, pray for his healing. <laughs> Fell in front of me. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, I've got falling spiders in here. Somebody prayed for him and he just fell. <laughs> but um, no, that's a good, that's a great point. Is that um, God doesn't always operate to understanding? As I was about to say, He doesn't always operate the same way. Um, Naaman, his instruction was to go dip in the River Jordan seven times. Um, that doesn't work for everybody in every situation, right? I don't. I could go dip in the river seven times, but it's just that was for that moment in that time. It's, that's what the Spirit led to do that time, and was testing his faith. So um, that's a part of it. Is that God wants us again to just get outside of our own. How many times do we want to figure it out? Maybe I'm the only one here. But we want to figure it out. right? We want to, we want to understand it. Or if you have a mathematical mind, um, like you know, in algebra, you, you have a formula, and you just plug in the numbers, and it works every time. But ministry doesn't happen that way where, okay, I prayed for this person, I used these words, I put this much pressure with my fingers on the forehead and so now every time I got to do it that way and then it will work no that's not the way it works right we can there's certain principles in God's word like praying in his name that we can use but uh, just because it works one way one time doesn't mean it's going to work that way the next time otherwise it just it wouldn't take faith I don't know you know it's the way God operates so uh, we have to forsake our own understanding and just take God at his word. And, and to be honest with some situations, um, again, some of these things I'm still praying for understanding, but full healing doesn't come until what? Until heaven, right? So sometimes people, they get their full healing in heaven and not here. Doesn't mean God didn't heal him. He just did it differently than we thought it was going to happen, right? So, um, 
There's a lot of things to think about with this. Like I said, I wish I had all the answers, but as I read these stories, it makes me hungry for more. And Smith Wigglesworth, as we heard, was not some uh, just spiritual giant who woke up one day and let me go uh, pray for people and they'll be healed. He slowly developed in God's gift. And so all of us may not operate the same in healing. Some of us might use more than others. But all of us can pray in Jesus' name and uh, be part of that process. And so um, we'll probably talk a little bit more in, um, next week about specifics as far as there's the supernatural element that comes when the gift of healing comes. I mean, again, when there's that, you you feel like you could pray for a statue and it comes to life probably. You know, you can, you've, you've anybody who's had faith, the measure of faith that's supernatural, you feel like you can move mountains, right? And it's unnatural. And one time when I was in Bible school, I was a uh, very, very uh, shy individual and I I did not like the idea of, of speaking in front of people, especially in public, like being a street corner preacher. I'm not the one to sign up for that, okay? But I remember one time uh, we had this prayer meeting before outreach, and I went out there, and I was ready to say anything to anybody. I mean, I could have walked up to the president and told him he need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I wouldn't care at that moment. But that was a supernatural faith that I had at that time from God so when when we pray and we ask God for these gifts um, you're going to start to see that he elevates you above your your weakness so you may look at it and say I could never do something like that yes you can as the spirit gives you the ability as you pray and as you seek him and as you follow the leading of the spirit you'll be surprised what happens Yes, Brother John. Let me give you the mic too. I should have given it to Heidi. Just recounting some past experiences. When I first got into church, maybe, I don't know, a year or so afterwards, uh, we had an evangelist come in and, um, and he preached on faith and God began to instantly deal with me about, about um, this young man that was sitting in the back. <clears throat> he was sitting in the sixth seat and he had a... He, can't, he had just broken his leg that day. He had a temporary cast on. And um, over the years, I, I remember what it was like, what I was going through, uh, the experience from beginning to end. And I remember it was, there was hesitation, but it was fear. Um, I think it was mostly fear. And... But God just kept dealing with me and kept dealing with me, and basically it, it was I, hes, I hesitated so much that I basically wound myself up so tight that I jumped when I finally did, I jumped literally jumped up out of the seat and I almost ran to the back. I found out later that many people thought I had to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> but I went back there and I, and I prayed for him, and, and uh, another young man came and joined me. And God instantly healed him right then and there. He ran around the room, and he came back. Uh, he he took his cast off that night, and you could see the the blood all all over the cast. And then um, the next Wednesday service, he came back, and there was just a small little bruise. 
So the evidence was clearly there. We'd all seen it with our own eyes. And But the, the point that I want to make is that um, that there are different types of, of faith, and D- Dallas had mentioned uh, that there is a supernatural faith, and in this situation it was a childlike faith. But there was that hesitation that... that the, the, the hesitation is what hinders our faith when we hesitate just a little bit and that's all it t- sometimes that's all it takes is just a little bit and there is another type of faith that I was uh, remembering and that's the faith of desperation and like the blind Bartimaeus uh, and I remember there was a time where I was out on a job and I have a back issue and sometimes my back goes out and I was two hours out in the middle of nowhere um, in Kathlam at Washington and we spent the night because um, it was a two day job and we had spent the night in a motel and the next morning I'm leaning on the countertop talking to the customer and all of a sudden my back goes out right in front of him and I just kind of winced and just held it and he finally went away and I gave him some time and wiggled my way to my vehicle and I called my I was desperate. I mean, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, two hours, and I have we had a lot of work to do. And long story short is that I we just, I prayed. I called the pastor's wife and hung up the phone, and she prayed. I called my wife, and all of a sudden, God just tells me to get up and start walking around. And while we're on, while we're praying, and I did, and God didn't instantly heal me. But he took away the pain enough so that I could do my job. And that's the kind of the confusing part about all that is that sometimes we don't understand why God will not completely heal. Only God knows. And, um, but my, my point of that is that there's that faith, the desperation faith. But uh, not to get discouraged when God doesn't fully heal. Um, only he knows. And... I just continue to believe that he will, in fact. And if he doesn't, then my full healing will come when, when, when I'm up in glory. Thank you, Brother John. Amen. Good, good points to ponder. Anybody else? Thinking about anything? Someone who's broken hearted? Um, I mean, that's a good question, and uh, it probably, for me, it depends on the situation. I think it's always good to pray specifically. So if you know what broke their heart, you can pray specifically. God will restore them from whatever broke their heart. Um, But some healings, like, uh, really take time, and that's like John was saying. um, Sometimes it's a little bit here, a little bit there. And sometimes it's instantaneous. Um, I can identify with the back situation because uh, my back slips out sometimes too. And I know I'm young for that, but snowboarding accident does that. So um, one time a few weeks ago, I was praying about this whole subject of healing. And uh, I said, well, instead of going to the chiropractor this time, I'm just going to pray for myself. So I put my hands on my back and I prayed. And I tried it, and it felt a little better. It wasn't all the way there. So I'd seen this video where people pray, and they ask, how's it feel? It's a little better. They pray again. So I prayed again. Got a little better. So I did that like four times until it was completely healed. And then I was, it was back in place. 
So it took four or five prayers where I'd stop, feel it, test it. Nope, not quite. Pray again. And it, it doesn't just happen that quickly, normally. Right, John? <laughs> the back doesn't just readjust itself. So uh, it, was, it was the Spirit of God. Um, but, you know, the, the heart is an issue that is a lot more complex than the back. <laughs> the back is just an alignment issue. And um, it really depends on the, the particular issue. I, I wish I had a more concrete answer, but um, heart, heart healings take time. Uh, more often than not, it just takes a lot of love, exposure to the Spirit, exposure to the Word of God, and just a process. And even finding someone you can talk to and talk those things out and uh, find reconciliation. So maybe if you want to be more specific off to the side, we can talk more specifically because that's the heart is a complex issue. <laughs> it takes a lot because uh, heal, healing in the heart can mean a lot of different things. Um, it can be wounded a lot of different ways. So anything else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to say if it's a girl, just buy her chocolate. <laughs> chocolate makes up for a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times those those aren't truly broken hearts. They're just, you know, it's fixed by the next day because there wasn't really anything there. <laughs> the quick move along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... But that's, you know, that's, that's part of, it's a little bit of a, a rabbit trail and, and a side topic, but there's the divine healing, then there's the healing that, you know, as a church we're called to do where we just love people and work with them through their, their whatever problems they've had, and that takes time. There's just not really a shortcut to it. It just takes time. And that's what we're called to do is be patient. And... uh one of Brother Maurice's favorite things to say is long suffering.